Ladies and gentlemen, now it's too late with Alan Mosley. Guys, welcome back for another episode of It's Too Late. I am your host, Alan Mosley, joined once again this week by the number one producer in late night, Sherry Voluntary. Sherry, you you were you were out promoting liberty today, I heard. Uh, I was dealing with the lizard people, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Well, bless your heart. <laughs> Thank you. I do it for you. I do it for you, people. I appreciate that. You know what? You know what the people should do for you in return? Money. Amen, <laughs> sister. They got to go. They got to go to Facebook.com slash Alan Mosley TV. Click on events. Got to go to our event pride page. And you got to go to the It's Too Late 2021 live show. That's less than six weeks away. Wow. It's ah. come up so fast. It's unfortunately come to the point where I now have to actually put the show together. <laughs> we have to get a show together? What? We're just going to do this. <laughs> right? So, guys, you got to get your tickets, though, because that's the only way we can actually plan on how many people are going to be there. Because this past week, we, we decided on the, the various features and amenities. Yeah. People that were there last year got to enjoy a dessert bar. Ah. <sighs> And this year we're going to have another dessert bar, but, but a slightly different twist on it. So the only way you can enjoy that is to get your tickets. That's March 20th. It's too late 2020 live show. Yeah. I mean, Sherry Voluntary will be there. That should be. Right. That's enough for anyone to travel cross country. <laughs> I like how I swapped the camera in time to see you rolling your eyes at your own mention on the program. I, mean, I know what I am. <laughs> Speak. Speaking of that, so obviously the the big cultural event this past week was the Super Bowl. And I really wanted the Chiefs to win because I just hate Tom Brady with every fiber of my being. Yes, you should. But the Buccaneers won. I mean, you know, the the silver lining there is is that our friend Mike of God and Friends, Mike Meharry, who's a big who's a Tampa Bay sports super fan, has been a Tampa Bay sports fan his whole life. So obviously he's very happy. And to be fair, the Bucks have been terrible for most of that franchise's history. So I mean we can't we can't hold it against them too much. But there's a couple of things I want to cover about that. First of all, unfortunately for all of the viewing public at home, they actually didn't get to see, in my opinion, the biggest play of the game. Did you see it, Sherry? I, I, I down not. 20, 503 to go. Someone has run on the field. Some guy with a brawl. <laughs> and now he's not being chased. He's running down the middle of the 40. Arms in the air and a victory salute. He's pulling down his pants. Put up your pants, my man. Pull up those pants. He's being chased to the 30. He breaks a tackle from a security guard. The 20, down the middle, the 10, the 5. He slides at the 1, and they converge on him at the goal line. (laughs) Pull up your pants, take off the bra, and be a man. (laughs) I love how it takes 12 cops, too, in the end. (laughs) Well, I mean, first of all, it was a pretty good run. Like. Yeah. Is I mean, considering the dude was wearing like shorts and flip flops, and he had like on a like what's that? Those what's mankinis. the thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that what that's it's, called? I don't know. That's what I call it. It's it, like it's, a... it's the onesie. Yeah, yeah. He's he's wearing a pink neon onesie. But anyway, you know they black those things out so that people at home don't see that on TV. That's really that's an absolute shame. That is a shame. I mean, it, it it really is. Like they got to see 
whatever qualifies as a halftime show. They actually put that crap on TV, <laughs> but they didn't let that on TV. But I'll tell you what, there's there's a reason why I wanted to bring this up today, because we're not really going to be talking about Super Bowl related stuff the rest of the show. But I got to I got to go on a little bit of a rant. <clears throat> uh Oh, and th this one, by the way, this one is for our friend Mike Meharry. So, Mike, this is for you. <laughs> so, you you might you might know that me and Mike have a little side side show that we like to do called Sports Ball. You do, and and it's a sports show. It's not a libertarian show. It's a sports show. It just happens to be hosted by a couple of neckbeards. Like, like, yeah. yeah, but it's but it's a serious sports show. And the reason why we call it Sports Ball, it's it's not it's it's not a secret. It's purposely meant to be a joke towards those people. And you know who these people are. You've got those Facebook friends. Uh, I'll give you another example. Back when Game of Thrones was on TV, mm -hmm. I would make a post that would say, "I think this about this week's Game of Thrones." Yeah. There's those people that they see that like they don't watch Game of Thrones. Right. They're too good to watch Game of Thrones. <laughs> well, we're not even going to go there. We're not even going to go there. <laughs> but that they they don't they don't involve themselves in the thing mm -hmm. that the post is about. Now, a normal person who's not autistic, if if I don't know anything about you know, the movie Frozen <laughs> and someone is posting saying, "Oh, I love this movie. Look at Elsa." I don't take it upon myself to say, <laughs> oh, "I I haven't watched Frozen. I don't like yeah. it." I don't did, did, did you know that Walt Disney hated Jews? Like, I don't... <laughs> because that's not really the time or place for that. It's not, ab it's not about you. When you walk into a room where everyone's talking about... It, it, water cooler talk is last night's Game of Thrones. And you walk in and say, hey, guys, I don't watch Game of Thrones. You are all idiots. How do you think you look to the rest of your coworkers in the office? Yeah. Like, I would like to think most people in a, in a real-life setting, they would know that's not the best thing to do. But there's something about the internet, isn't there? Yeah, yes. <laughs> there's, there's something about the internet where they think that that's the appropriate response. Right. And so because the Super Bowl was on and because people who just generally are sports fans were saying, hey, you're in the Super Bowl, I'm rooting for Chiefs. And, of course, people like Mike who are very excited because their team is in the Super Bowl. You have those people that Mike says, the Bucks won the Super Bowl. I'm happy. And they say, enjoy your bread and circuses, status cuck. Bread and circuses. It's, so here's the thing, ladies and gentlemen. Don't, don't do this. If, if, if I'm saying something that's personally triggering you, you need to hear this. So <laughs> write this down. If, if this if this is bothering you because you identify with the statement you don't have to be that person what you don't you don't have to be this person when you see something that has no interest in for you that's not about you that you don't know anything about you know what you you know what the right thing to do is just keep scrolling keep on just scroll keep just scrolling, scroll right scrolling, on scrolling. just scroll right on by you don't need to make a comment. But what, what's more than that is, and this is particularly for people in our, our, you know, community is a strong word because I don't really want to associate realm. with a lot of, yeah. You know, some people like to use the phrase the liberty community, and I've said that many times myself. But community is a strong word because i I got to be honest with you. If this, if this describes <laughs> you, I don't want to live in the same community as you. I really don't. <laughs> it's, is so not only is, is it not the right place and time to do that but also there's these people that like i think michael malice calls these like the black pilled people mm -hmm. it's just 
the sky is falling, it's doom and gloom. You know, we don't live in a free society, and you know what that means, Sherry? That means there's nothing about life you can enjoy right. yeah. until we live in a free society. Yeah. How dare you take part in joy, statist? How dare so, you? So, so first of all, you're never going to enjoy anything because I mean, I, I, I'm not. I'm trying to not sound like a black pill person right now myself, but we're probably a ways off from a free society. What? So I'm going to continue to enjoy the things I enjoy. I'm going to continue to enjoy Game of Thrones until season six and or five. And and we're going to continue to watch football and go to games. And well, you got your mask on, I guess. But that, that being neither here nor there. The point being is, is just don't be that person. Don't be. When that, when that one lady who wrote that book saying libertarians were autistic, this is what she was talking about. <laughs> Don't be that person. I mean, Sherry, you get me right. I, I totally, totally get you. And it's like they can't, they can't wait to tell you how crappy you are and how much more virtuous they are than you because they don't partake of the the evil bread and circuses. <laughs> the last, the last thing I'll say before we go to break is, is that if you know, say for instance, like I like the Eagles. Now I'm not gonna say a popular podcast host whose show I was on recently who doesn't like the Eagles, who whose initials are T W, mm. Tom W, T Woods. That way they won't know. <laughs> but you know, if you if you don't like the Eagles, that's fine. You don't have to like the Eagles. Mm -hmm. But because you don't like something or or maybe even better yet because you have no idea about something right like, because i because i don't understand quantum physics that's not an indictment <laughs> on quantum physics that's an indictment on the person who doesn't know the thing right right yeah yeah i mean just keep your mouth shut if you don't keep my name out i'm glad mouth. i'm glad we could have this talk thank you i needed it we'll be right back after this don't worry Guys, welcome back to It's Too Late. There was the, I, I wanted to do another little rant because, I mean, this is my show, right? Yeah, I, I get do to do you rants. Want. You know the biggest difference between Jen Psaki, the, the new like White House press secretary lady, and and Trump? And what, what was that one? Kellyanne or... Kellyanne what, what Conway? Was, well, yeah. Like, the biggest difference... I mean, don't get me wrong. Bottle the press was very antagonistic towards Trump. Uh, duh. <laughs> and 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 in in response, Trump was very antagonistic towards the press, and so you, you, there was just this tension in every single, you know, yeah, you know, briefing press conference or whatever, yeah. Uh, and but of course, vice versa, the Biden regime has rolled in. Jen Psaki's there, and and just by default, of course, the corporate press is very welcoming and forgiving and understanding of those 
press conferences mm -hmm. and, and vice versa. She's very kind of warm and not, I guess just not, just generally non-antagonistic back towards them. But of course her job is to answer the press's questions and they're, they're not asking the Biden administration a lot of tough questions. But even if they even so much as accidentally ask a question that's not, what's his favorite color? Then, then <laughs> she, she has this very polite way of giving an answer that's a non-answer. Whereas Kellyanne would have said, well, we're not going to ask that. And frankly, you right. shouldn't be here. Her answer goes a little bit something like this. I can, I'll circle back if there's more I can share with you. But I'll circle back with you if there's more to convey. Um, I'll have to just circle back with you. We can circle back with I'm, I'm happy to circle back with you. I can circle back. Uh, I will have to circle back on that one. That's an excellent question. Oh, such an important question. Uh, we will circle back with you and we'll, we'll circle back with you. It's an interesting question, but uh, we'll, we'll circle back. I'm happy to circle back, but I'll have to circle back with you on it. It's a good question, but we'll circle back with you on this today. We will certainly circle back with you more directly. Uh, I hate to disappoint you, but I will have to circle back. I hate to disappoint you. Yeah. That's such an important question. Right. That's very interesting, mm -hmm. but I'll have to circle back. This would never happen to me. Hey, Sherry. Yes? What time is it? Meme of the week. Circle back. <laughs> Look at this photograph. Oh, my God. See, it makes me laugh. <laughs> All right. Real talk. Do you or have you ever owned... A Nickelback CD. No, I have not. Oh, well, that's good to know. Yes, yes. So, of course, we, we do these shows live. So we're live on the air right now, Wednesday night. Right. So so people in the chat, fess up. Have you currently or have you ever owned a Nickelback product? Let us know in the chat. I wish you had like a spotlight you could shine into the camera like you're interrogating them. <laughs> Well, and so for the so for the other people that either haven't or are too scared to admit it, mm -hmm. you find the people who are admitting it and you shun them. You shun them from civilized society. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, don't do that because we're we only have like seven viewers. If if three of them shun the other four before listening to Nickelback, then it'll just be Clay and right Celeste, Celeste going and... to a death match or something. Yeah. But not Lyle. I bet Lyle listens to Nickelback. Ah. <laughs> Speaking of that, let's answer some of that. I just wanted you. Like oh, that. she quit. I, I I wanted everybody to see you. I was rocking dancing. back and forth, <laughs> rocking back and forth to the thing that sounds very very much like Star Wars, yeah. but it's not Star Wars. No, nope. Disney. George not. Lucas. So don't flag us on YouTube. Usually the or, rocking or I'm wherever. doing is more like this, <laughs> back and forth. <clears throat> All right. All right. Clay Davis writes, "Dear Ellen and Sherry." Who's your favorite hip hop slash rap artist? In the event you haven't won, who can you tolerate? <laughs> I don't even know. Alan hasn't like, won. <laughs> yeah, so Alan hasn't won, yeah. <laughs> and who I can tolerate is 
no one. Yeah. But I mean, to be fair, I can't really tolerate a lot of people who do anything. That, 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 that's true. Yeah, yeah. I mean, do you have an answer to that one? I do. I have. Okay. I, I like. Uh, I love Snoop Dogg. Like, <clears throat> yeah, sure, really yeah. a lot. And then, and then, like Lil Wayne is another one that I've been listening to a lot lately. But and Ludacris. Oh, I love Ludacris too. Just okay. Just so folks at home, only only a white lady would say Little Wayne as opposed to Little <laughs> I said Wayne. Little Wayne. <laughs> yeah, sure you did, Sherry. Uh, Adam Sakosin writes, "Dear Alan and Sherry, what is love?" Um. Well, I mean, he's got so he's got the picture yeah. of the, you know, the SNL right, thing, but right. but I don't have that prepared to put on the show. Yeah. Plus, I think that that's the type of thing that would get us flagged and. Right. Right. Yeah, I then we'd have a little content dispute. Love could be a bottle of whiskey. I mean, Adam, <laughs> I'll answer that question for you off air. <laughs> Sounds like an invitation. Jeff Johnson writes, Dear Alan and Sherry, Log Cabin in the Woods or High Rise Penthouse? Log Cabin in the Woods or a High Rise Penthouse, Sherry? Uh, uh, I want to do my best um, Ava Gabor impersonation, but, but I'm going to say Cabin in the Woods myself. I'm a cab okay. kind of girl. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, believe it or not, I actually wouldn't. The, the problem with high rise penthouses is that I just always feel like it would be loud. Hmm. Like if you have, have you ever seen like one of these really trendy, like, you know, like, like open floor apartments <laughs> right, right. that are like, you know, that are in the downtown of mm -hmm. your, of Knoxville or whatever. And you're thinking, but wouldn't you hear the traffic and stuff? Yeah. Like every rush hour and... I, I can tell you from experience, because Mike of Mike and Friends' mother lived in a very high-rise apartment, very high up, uh -huh. and and you can't hear the traffic, but the wind whips like crazy. It sounds like the the spooky house wind. It gets, it gets crazy. Yeah, so exactly. So I... I need everything to be just the right silence so I can just hear a tinnitus just... <laughs> 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 well while dario writes dear alan and sherry am i the only person who didn't buy Do dogecoin um no you're not because i didn't either but i actually saw a really interesting thing um do, like you remember back when we all got like the 1200 dollars checks or whatever it was earlier in the year right right you you did finally get yours right i don't know probably Oh, I don't know. Guys, just the sheer level of just riches and decadence that Sherry Voluntary lives in. You know, For her, 1200 I don't know. I might have just wiped my ass with that check. I don't remember. Yeah, you know, the, the ex takes care of that stuff. He just dishes it out to me whenever I need. So anyway, um, did you know that if you had taken your whole $1,200 back then and put it into Bitcoin, it would be like... It'd be something like seven thousand dollars right now, yeah, or some ridiculous amount of money. So I, I don't know, but just as a, as a serious answer, I avoid all the random altcoins because I just mm -hmm. it no matter no matter how hype you are for crypto, everything is a gamble, and yeah. I don't have the money to afford gambling. Right. Um, so there you go. Suzanne Sherman writes, "Dear Alan Sherry, what type of therapy do you recommend for people who don't like pineapple on pizza and should red flag laws apply to them if they don't change their evil ways? <gasps> you want my So, answer? yeah, you go ahead. Shock therapy. All right. So, 
both of y'all are like hoes with no toes because <laughs> bitches be tripping tonight. Pineapple does not belong on pizza. And as you know, I'm kind of like the libertarian expert on what food is and isn't categorized <laughs> as. So once you put the pineapple on the pizza, it's no longer pizza. It's literal garbage. Mm, I love it. So, I love it. So Suzanne, by the way, Suzanne will be here March 20th. We're going to fight. Ooh, We're not having pineapple I hope pizza. she wears her boots. Her shit kick. Like she's, she'll shit kick you. <laughs> like she's going to leave the house without her boots on. <laughs> Daniel Blanchett writes, Dear Alan and Sherry, why are y'all like that? Have you, have you ever noticed that each, any given week, we have like three or four like genuinely thoughtful questions <laughs> and the rest is just the trolls who follow us? Pineapple have you on pizza that? territory, <laughs> apparently. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. Um, so the answer, Daniel, is, is because God made me this way. <laughs> Jonathan Carranza writes, Dear Alan and Sherry, are you going to be serving steak and lobster at this year's live show event in March? Jonathan, we're not going to be serving steak and lobster, but we are going to have, are you ready? Should I tell everybody, Sherry? I, I mean, bring the crowds. <laughs> we're going to have a donut bar. Ooh, donuts. Yeah. So there you go. Now, now, now the third of the audience who doesn't like donuts is like, well, scratch that event off the list. You could put it on top of a pie. Bunch of bundles of sticks. <laughs> Blank Osborne. Blake, Blake Osborne. What? Did someone uh, see a goat? It, this guy ain't got time to do the show anymore, but he's got time <laughs> to send us viewer mail. Have you noticed that? I, I did notice that. Blake Osborne writes, Dear Alan and Sherry, if you were to pick the Super Bowl halftime performer, who would it be? I tell you what, I'm going to make this one a little bit tougher. I'm going to say it's because it, the question's not who was the best so far. Mm -hmm. So this is the opposite. It's going to be if you could pick the performer, who would it be? But but, but you can't pick someone who already was. Okay. So a, a someone who's never done the Super Bowl halftime before, but you think they would be a great Super Bowl halftime, who would it be? Oh. Um, I have no idea. Like... I'd like to see like some old decrepit Bob Dylan or something come out and oh Jimmy Page that'd be awesome see Jimmy Page hmm. come out and do that would be that would actually be pretty good. Um, you know what? I think the Eagles should do the Super Bowl halftime show. I mean, that's just a classic American yeah, band. I mean, like the the highest selling greatest hits album. You know, there you go. They're a great band. The They're a great band. They, they are. They are. Anyone who doesn't like the Eagles is literally a communist. I agree. And they probably like pineapple on their pizza to boot. No, no. I like Celeste Danis writes, Dear Alan and Sherry, ribeyes or filet mignon? I don't know. Not a big steak person. No, I'm not actually. Now ribs. We oh, can I thought you liked meat. Oh. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> um, I mean, if like if I'm paying for it, then ribeye, right? <laughs> <laughs> but, but if Celeste is offering an all-you-can-eat, then I'm going to say filet mignon. Yeah. Go for so, it. So Celeste better be here March 20th. Is all I got to say. <laughs> Uh, and finally, Andrew Avery, dear Alan and Sherry, were the weekend's backup dancers pampered? So, okay, so if, if you were one of these gross altist sports ball people who didn't see the Super Bowl, then you missed the halftime show where they had these dancers and they had like these, they had these like 
mask type things on, but mm -hmm. they kind of looked like they were wearing underwear that was like, you know, turned around on their <gasps> face or whatever. They wore literal face diapers? <laughs> I didn't see it, so I didn't know. Yeah. I mean, kind of, yeah. <laughs> I mean, really more than kind of. I mean, yeah. Hmm. So, so, Andrew, that's not really even a pun. It's, it's, it's the honest-to-goodness truth they did. So there you go. I mean, you missed a streaker and you missed a bunch of grown ass men wearing diapers on their face. <laughs> That's what you missed if you were just a big autist and missed. I'm really sorry. Ball. I missed it. <laughs> Hashtag sure autism. You are. We're going to get in trouble. I feel I know. like. Yeah. Yeah. We are already in trouble. Since, since we're already way over time, let me, let me do another quick story. So I've been sort kind of low key trying to get banned on Facebook because I feel like at this point, it's like it's almost like a personal offense to me. Like why is, why are why are all of my viewers banned, but I'm still here, and I make this crap. Right, right. Isn't that weird? It is. It is. It is strange. It's it's like the cult leader that won't. So the lieutenant governor of Louisiana, and it, it goes to show you how much I care. I don't even know the guy's name. <laughs> the lieutenant governor of Louisiana made a post about how you'd have to be some kind of monster who just hates the poor if you oppose a federal $15 minimum, <laughs> which is actually the topic of tonight's show, which we'll get to that in a second. But that was his post. And, 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 and so it was a screenshot of his Twitter saying, you know, how could you oppose this? And his Facebook was just seriously. <laughs> so my response to him was, it's a shame that calling someone a goddamn retard will get you banned on social media because you're a dead ringer, my friend. <laughs> and you didn't get And banned? you know what the cra you know the, you know what the crazy thing is? I, I'm still here. That's that is crazy. I it's like I've some I've somehow got like the mithril vest. I can't be banned. <laughs> I keep on I I keep on saying these things. It doesn't But you know, like Daniel McAdams calls someone, you know, calls a Fox News reporter stupid and they ban him for life. Wait, how dare you, sir? Yeah. How dare you? On that note, we're going to be back to talk about the goddamn retarded $15 federal <laughs> minimum wage right after this break. Don't go away. Your ad could be playing right now, reaching thousands of potential customers. Sadly, it's not, but it could be. Find out how to be an advertised sponsor for It's Too Late with Alan Mosley. Email us at info at alanmosley.tv. Welcome back to the show, everybody. Welcome back. Uh, our first article for today, we're talking about minimum wage. There's a lot of talk out there that the Biden administration wants to push through a $15 federal minimum wage, which, of course, that means for folks at home, that's one size fits all. Mm. One size fits all. That means every state and municipality would have a $15 minimum wage at a, at a minimum. You could have a higher minimum wage than that if you're particularly dumb like a Seattle or, or what have you. So we're going to start off with this article right here. It comes to us from Fee from David Youngberg. Puerto Rico's effective minimum wage would be $68 per hour under Biden plan. Wow. While a federal $15 minimum wage will help some people, it will hurt many others. Really quick, you see that you see that picture right there? Mm -hmm. 
I swear to God, if, if you're at home, go find this article, scroll down to the comments. That guy is in the comments and says, hey, that's me. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> like he's, like he's a picture, and... he's a stock photo guy. And he's like, hey, that's me. So anyway, we're going to dig into this a little bit. So by the way, it's like, well, wait a minute. I thought you said 15. So this is an interesting article because it talks about if you're going to have a federally mandated minimum wage of $15, then let's talk about what the effective minimum wage would be if, let's say, Washington, D.C.'s was 15 So Puerto Rico has had a long history of being harmed by Washington overreach. I feel like you could have just left Puerto Rico out and just said, human life has a long history of being harmed by Washington overreach. The island was once home to a thriving needlework industry until the federal minimum wage destroyed its competitive advantage. Mm. The same unintended consequences happened again in 1974 when increases in the minimum wage cut 32% of low-wage jobs. One-third. Wow. They cut one-third of low-wage jobs overnight. Oh, and then patted themselves on the back for a job yeah, well look, done. Yeah, look what we did, y'all. Because yeah. that's how they talk in Washington, D.C. <laughs> look what we did, y'all. <laughs> Now, history threatens to repeat itself once more as Biden administration tries to more than double the federal minimum wage to $15 an hour. You can take another quick break right there. It's that part, it's not just that they're raising the federal minimum wage. It's that they're wanting to go from like, what is it, seven and a quarter? Is yeah, that what it is like right that, now? Yeah. Seven and a quarter to fifth. Like they're not going from seven and a quarter to nine fifteen, right. which we wouldn't support that either, by the way. Mm -hmm. But they're not doing that. They're, they want to go all the way up to 15 an hour. By forcing up the cost of employment, the minimum wage hurts the very people it tries to assist and creates the real risk of losing their job altogether. So we're actually going to pull up an interesting little chart here. So this is a chart of the 50 states, and Puerto Rico's on there as well, and it includes Washington, D.C. And what this chart is, it's effective minimum wage for the states if you're basing that on a $15 federal minimum wage for Washington, D.C. And that's what one size fits all does. So let's take a look at that chart. So D.C., $15 an hour. Now, now there's some just, you know, particular authoritarian hellscapes where that actually wouldn't even be good enough. You can actually look over there at, uh, what is it, Maryland. So Maryland's would actually only be 1461 because Maryland is such a ridiculous state that it's actually worse than, than the District of Columbia. But think of some of the other heavy hitters. Think of in New York where cost of living is really high and, and all that. 1944. 1944 wow. would be the effective minimum wage in New York. Um, some people might be thinking, well, what about California? California, 1788 in California. So still, even in states like that where you kind of assume because of progressive policies, the numbers would be at least more in line with DCs, they're still a little bit higher. Yeah. But let's, let's, let's take a look at our neck of the woods, Sherry. Tennessee, oh <laughs> $24.66 is the effective minimum federal minimum wage if you're basing that on $15 in D.C. Wow. Look at Alabama over there, $24.85. It actually gets worse. <laughs> you could almost guess, by the way, not count, only counting the 50 states, like who's the worst. I think everyone's guessed it must be Mississippi. <laughs> You'd be right. <laughs> Mississippi. $31.18 wow. would be your effective minimum wage in that state wow. based on a $15 DC. And then, of course, you have Puerto Rico in the bold up there in the top right, $68 effective minimum wage. 
Wow. That's just insane. Like, I, I just don't know how you can possibly justify that. And, and the point being is, again, is that so it's not just that we're going to that we're raising the minimum wage in that it's a federally mandated minimum wage. It's that you're going it's not that you're going from seven and a quarter to ten. You're going from seven and a quarter all the way up to fifteen. Right. And it's not and it's not just that you're what's the politically correct way we can put this? The feds are not um, encouraging states to raise their minimum wages <laughs> effective to their cost of living, their population. Mm-hmm. They're not doing that. They want, to, they want to make it a federally mandated minimum wage, which another way of putting that is one size fits all. Mm-hmm. When has one size fits all ever worked for anyone anywhere? Yeah. I mean, is it, I mean, when you hear one size fits all, is that not one of the catchphrases that you constantly hear bureaucrats and politicians use when they're trying to denigrate something, right. not promote something? Right. Yeah. It doesn't help the individuals. It's one size fits all. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So they actually have a little bit later here in the article. There is, there is no one best way. In the 1990 book, The Future and Its Enemies, Virginia Postral described the preferred plan of technocrats as the one best way. Technocrats tell themselves that progress can be managed and they can render the world safe and stable. Mm. The one best way, i.e., by the way, the best way is their way. Right, always. Spoiler alert, their way, means they determine how the world changes. They choose the winners. They establish the values. Now, something that you and I were talking about uh, before we take our next break, that specifically if you're looking at Puerto Rico, because they, they kind of highlight that in the article, because their effective minimum wage would skyrocket up to $68, mm. and this wouldn't be the first time it happened, is that it it's going to create this environment where, like, you know that half the country, more than, like, two-thirds of the country is not just going to starve and die tomorrow. They're going to figure out ways to circumvent that law, yes. right? Like, that's... That's what people tend to do when they don't really respect an edict that comes down from Washington or they just flat out can't obey it. Mm -hmm. Then they won't. Either because they disrespect it so they won't or they can't so they won't. And so what you're going to end up happening is is you're going to have a lot more people be contractors. You're going to have a lot more self-employed types who are not getting benefits, who are trying to circumvent that law. But here's the thing that ultimately always happens. The feds know that. Like, they, they're not stupid. Like, I mean, anyone who's seen the cop down on the corner with his little radar gun, like, they know people's speed. Right. Because they know that there's a lot of people that don't pay any attention to the speed limit sign. In fact, I mean, I would dare say most. I would dare say most. I mean, if you're going to be literal and say that going 71 on a, in a 70 is technically speeding, which it technically is, by the way, then I would say the overwhelming majority don't truly respect speed limit laws, not in the most literal sense. Mm -hmm. Well, they're not stupid. When I say they're, I mean the powers that be. The authorities are not stupid. They know that that's how people feel about it. Now, for the most part, people go on living their lives and the authorities don't get in the way because frankly, they just don't have the manpower, right? Like they don't, there's not enough, there's not enough state troopers to pull over every single car in the interstate going above 70 (laughs) in a 70. They just, they don't have them. They would love to have them, but they don't. <laughs> but here's what happens, though. It, they won't likely use it against you, but they could weaponize it against mm-hmm. you. And I see this exact same scenario happening in a situation 
of a $15 minimum wage in areas where business owners just simply can't afford to employ people at that rate. If the business needs more labor, or it will not survive, but they cannot afford those rates, they will figure out ways to get that labor. Mm -hmm. Hint, hint, wink, wink. And the authorities, not being idiots, will know that this, this little hoodoo is going on. They'll let it slide unless you somehow become sideways with the law. Yeah. You say the wrong thing about the wrong politician. You, you, you scuff the mayor's boots and all of a sudden, knock, 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 you're getting, you're getting someone rapping on the door saying, hey, we want to check your records. We want to see who's employed here. We want to make sure that you're, you're following all the mandated federal minimum wages. It, and you see the story repeated, and, I, and I'm so glad, by the way, we, we came up with, with speed limit laws, because that's such a perfect example of a <laughs> law that everyone knows what that law is. Mm -hmm. Everyone knows what the speed limit in their neighborhood is. No one obeys it. Yeah. No one. No one obeys it. But you have a reasonable expectation that if you go 16 in your 15 mile per hour drive, you're not going to like literally be drug out of your car and beaten. You have a reasonable expectation you'll be okay. But in the back of your mind, don't you know that all it takes is the one time? Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Do you, I mean, I like, I mean, I don't mean to sound like a doom and gloomer, but does it ever cross the back of your mind when you think that like, well, it, th I, this could be the one day where I'm going half a mile over and there could just be one really angry guy who feels like riding a maximum ticket. And this is going to be the day. Yeah. This is the day I go, uh, all killdozer on. <laughs> <laughs> I like how my reference was, this could be the day that they do something yeah. evil in your mind. You were thinking, no, 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 no. This is the day that Sherry, <laughs> my, my, my minivan will be my killdozer though. <laughs> What what's that um oh god, what's that movie where the where the guy, like the business guy goes insane and falling like, down. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. We should we should watch that. Yeah, oh, we should do that definitely. Maybe maybe that's what we should do after the live event show. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're gonna have a private screening of falling down after episode one fifty on March twentieth. <laughs> Actually, we're not. I feel like if you say that and then now, like, you know. Like, I thought we were watching like, Falling Down. <laughs> well, not only will the Altists be mad, but then Paramount Pictures will show up yeah. or something and, and we'll be in trouble. I, and... So, believe it or not, we're not done. We're going to talk a little bit more. I, I, like, I'm, I'm, look, I'm trying to see the monitor, by the way. Like, yeah. you're the worst producer, Sherry. Because here I am leaning all the way over trying to see look how at the long camera. this damn show has been. Yeah. <laughs> there, okay. We got time. We're going to come back for another segment to talk about how goddamn retarded a federal $15 minimum wage is right after this break. If you're enjoying tonight's show, consider supporting the program by becoming a member of our Patreon. That's over at patreon.com slash Alan Mosley. Guys, welcome back to the show. So we're going to move on to the effect of $15 minimum wage on small businesses. Check this out. $15 minimum wage would spell a death knell for many small restaurants, experts warn. A top financial expert just warned Biden's $15 minimum wage proposal would be catastrophic for restaurants and small businesses. 
So this one's actually written by uh, Brad Palumbo from uh, FEE, Foundation for Economic Education. So he's actually got it broken down into a, a few interesting uh, categories. So he's so first of all, and, and we didn't mention this in the last segment, the reason why there, this is such a hot topic right now is, you know, the Democrats won themselves the White House, and they won themselves them Senate runoffs down in Georgia. Mm-hmm. And there was no shortage. This is this is not some random kooky conspiracy theory. There were no shortage of actual mailers and advertisements that were paid for by the DNC and super PACs that said, "Vote for us. You're getting two thousand mm. dollars." Sherry, have you gotten your two thousand dollars yet? Not that I'm aware. <laughs> I don't even know why. I, yeah, <laughs> I forgot. My mistake. Sherry, who just. You know what? You you wouldn't make a good you wouldn't make a good Shah of Iran. They would drag you out of your palace for your decadence. Yes. How dare you? I mean, look at this studio. <laughs> it is it is a nice studio, mm-hmm. although there, apparently there's a portal to another dimension just six inches behind. <laughs> watch out for that. <laughs> well, don't slip. <laughs> so the there's a lot of people that are saying, well, they they're going to try to push this in to the COVID nineteen spending package. They're gonna, they're going to try to shoehorn that into a big omnibus bill to say, well, look. Look, guys, we're trying. We're trying to pass. Give you that relief check that we promised you, but it's it's them lousy Republicans that keep getting in the way because they just won't vote for it. Well, first of all, the Republicans love socialism, so it has to be a deeper issue than that. It's not just that. It's that they're trying to shove things like a fifteen dollar federal minimum wage into the same legislation. Yeah, which, by the way, is 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 no new trick on on Capitol Hill. So he's specifically talking about the uh, the restaurant sector in in this article, and he actually leads off with, well, let's look at the context. So we're coming off of 2020, right? The dreaded 2020. 2020 was already an awful, awful year for yes. small business. Yeah. Uh, uh, what what was it? What was it that Yelp or somebody had said something like 43 percent of restaurants were going to close permanently yeah. after 2020? That's almost half. Yeah, and I think they did in Denver alone. That many closed. Yeah, yeah, it says right here, the minimum wage hike causes unemployment even in the best of times. But small businesses and restaurants already had a particularly disastrous 2020. More than 100,000 small businesses permanently shuttered last year amid pandemic lockdowns and riots. While polling shows that 60% of small business owners worry they won't make it to June of 2021. And that's before labor costs going up due to a $15 minimum wage. Yeah, I mean, yeah, those are some big numbers. The simple fact, minimum wage hikes would crush mom and pops. $15 federal minimum wage in its companion legislation introduced by House Democrats might please labor unions and the Democratic base. But there's really no question that it would screw over small business at the worst possible time. Big business may be fine with a dramatic increase of the federal minimum wage as they've been thriving during the pandemic. So that's another part of this too, is that, you know, your, your mom and pop corner market was closed for six months. I'll be damned if Walmart wasn't open every single day. Yes. Every single day. As the National Federation of Independent Business explained, but small businesses know these policies will make it even harder for them to compete against their larger competitors. Reality check. Government intervention often benefits well-connected, established interests. No! (gasps) What? (laughs) I know, right? The targets and Walmarts of the world might well be able to weather a huge spike in labor costs, but countless thousands of small businesses would not survive it. 
Of course, large businesses have armies of lobbyists and spend millions schmoozing with lawmakers in Washington, D.C. They no doubt would have a hand in crafting any minimum wage proposal. So that's, that's a beautiful thing, too. And I know we've talked about this on the show before. It's that it's, it's, become, it's become pretty popular for people to say, oh, look how stupid this omnibus bill is. You know, they print it out and it's like this high on the desk and it's like 6,000 pages. And, and people start doing the math of, well, they got the bill at lunchtime, so they would have to be able to read like, you know, whatever it is, 7, like a thousand words. Word. A <laughs> yeah, they'd have to read thousands of words a minute to be able to read the bill before it was time to vote on it. So I feel like that concept is not alien anymore. Like the, the general public consciousness understands that there, it's kind of the sleazeball way that DC works. Right. But it goes beyond that. The, the question you should be asking yourselves is not just how ridiculous that is, but if they just, if they just propose this legislation, how did they write it so fast? And it's because, for one, it's not like it was a single person with a quill and ink and writing the legislation. <laughs> it was a team of lobbyists who were paid by the special interests who helped to write it. And way more often than not, enormous chunks of that legislation, guys, that stuff was yes. written months, years ago. Yes. They were just waiting on a good opportunity to push it through. Yep. Yeah, I, I, I've heard it said by other people that, you know, and I've said this as well, that, you know, if I wrote legislation that was only a couple of paragraphs and it said everyone owes Alan Mosley a million dollars, for one, that wouldn't be very popular legislation. And, and it's just it's just a non-starter from the word go. But if everybody was waiting on the COVID-19 relief bill mm. and we put my two paragraphs into that bill, then people will feel politically compelled to vote for it when they wouldn't have voted for it on its own. It didn't, it wouldn't have survived on its own merits, but as a part of this COVID relief bill that, oh, by the way, is enormously popular with the voting public. Yes, it'll get passed. Yeah. So scrolling down here to the bottom, in economically free societies, everyone benefits when honest and hardworking men and women who have confidence that they can retain the fruits of their labor have incentives to invest and work hard. Heritage Foundation economist James M. Roberts explains, that confidence is destroyed when the economic system is controlled by a government that directs the largesse and power of the state to those with connections. This sort of corruption is the definition of cronyism. And, and that really is driving the point home too, that as, as the lieutenant governor from Louisiana was trying to put it, you, you just must be a monster if you oppose this legislation <laughs> because we're trying to help poor people make more money. Right. It, his, by the way, his, his, his original post that he had on Twitter, it was talking about how, well, if the minimum wage is seven and a quarter, then you should have to spend six months living on seven and a quarter to see if you can survive. Hmm. Wonder if he'd do it. <laughs> well, so first of all, no. Right. And second of all, maybe, just throwing this out here, maybe you're not intended to be able to live a comfortable life just making seven and a quarter an hour. Maybe, just maybe, the people who are only worth seven and a quarter an hour because they can only produce seven and a quarter an hour worth the goods and services are making the minimum wage because they're just, they're just not worth more than that. Right. But who, who makes that? That's the real question. Who, who are you trying to help? Who makes seven and a quarter? Teenagers make seven yes. and a quarter. 
Um, so, you know, maybe some post-retirees yeah. who are over there working at Hardee's because I mean, you've all seen them. Come yeah. On. They're making seven and a quarter. The, the lowest skilled, most disenfranchised people are making that. Mm. And you might be telling yourself, well, perfect. I've, I've waved my magic wand and those, those poor young people with no skills, those, those people who fell through the cracks of the education system, we're going to make them make more than double. <laughs> no, you're not. Because, Sherry, uh, let, let, let me ask you, I, I, I didn't prepare you for this quiz. Okay. The federal minimum wage is seven and a quarter. But, Sherry, what's the real minimum wage? Zero. Oh, no. I knew Sherry would know it. Guys, the real minimum <laughs> wage is zero. Because you can always just not have a job. Yeah. It sounds like what they're trying to do. <laughs> you know, that's the... I, I mean, I hate to bring up Nick Sarwark again, but... I don't know where this, you know where I'm going with this is that I, I we, we had a we had a running joke about look I can't prove that Sarwark is a Fed mm-hmm. I'm just saying that if 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 he were a Fed he would be acting exactly the way he's acting right now yeah he's a plant <clears throat> he's a plant so anyway if if I was trying to put all those young people in uneducated and unskilled laborers out of work right. That's what I would do right there. You're not trying to give money to the poor. You're trying to make people with money be poor. <laughs> so we're, we're, we're going to move on really quick. A lot, of, a lot of people on the left, a lot of Democrats, uh, a lot of left-leaning economists and the like, they'll say, you know, that's a boogeyman. That's, that's kind of a right-wing conservative boogeyman that they, they first of all, you know, they, they genuinely just want to hurt poor people. Right. Because, because there's, all this, there's all this evidence that shows that when we raise the minimum wage, that's, that's not the actual outcome. The actual outcome is not that a bunch of businesses close down and a bunch of people get laid off. Oh, is it? Local Kroger stores close as California, quote, hero pay ordinance backfires. This result certainly wasn't what local lawmakers intended, but it was actually quite predictable. This is also coming from Brad Palumbo from Mm -hmm. Fee. So Long Beach, California mandated a hero pay. Um... (laughs) I believe the hero pay was $4 an hour. Yeah, so so they mandated that any business that has 300 or more employees nationwide who has a location in Long Beach has to pay the, the um, oh, what's the word I'm looking, the, the essential workers. Yes. If you, if, you're, if you are labeled an essential worker, they owe you $4 extra per hour as, as, as sort of a hazard pay, I guess. Do you think all those people working at those small markets in Long Beach are getting four more dollars an hour or they're getting 100% less per hour today, Sherry? (laughs) I'd I'd go with option two. (laughs) Ralph's and Food for Less, both owned by the parent company Kroger, announced Monday that they will be closing 25% of their stores after the city council passed an ordinance requiring companies with over 300 nationwide employees to pay an extra $4 per hour. Uh, by, by the way, people who are, you know, kind of questioning like, well, I don't know, that sounds fake newsy. Well, they're, they're small local type corner markets, but their parent company is Kroger. Mm. So these are small markets that are completely run and serviced by, by, by local inhabitants. And they're not exactly the most well-to-do, prosperous grocery stores there are to begin with. And, and especially during times as hard as during the lockdowns. And, but they're owned by Kroger's. So since they're owned by Kroger's, this mandate applies to them. Which means, of course, they're going to close. 
Right. A company spokesperson directly cited the city council's ordinance mandating higher wages as the reason they're closing down. Quote, the irreparable harm that will come to employees and local citizens as a direct result of the city of Long Beach's attempt to pick winners and losers oof, yeah. is deeply unfortunate. We are truly saddened that our associates and customers will ultimately be the real victims of the city council's actions. It's a pretty good statement yes. by Kroger's right there. I mean, they 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 didn't mince words. They didn't they didn't do the politically correct. Right. Well, I just I don't know what happened. No, they said the city council of Long Beach put you all out of work. Yeah. So there you go. Put them out of the work. Ordinance. Yep. <laughs> So here, here's uh, Robert Garcia, by the way, uh, who is uh, Long Beach mayor. He says, tomorrow on the day we inaugurate our new president, I'll sign into law a $4 an hour hero pay increase to our hardworking grocery and supermarket workers. They have been on the front lines of this pandemic and deserve this support. Wow. He also follows up with, when large corporations make record profits and double their earnings, they need to share that success with those providing the labor, period. He's a commie. Yeah. He's a communist. Yes. That's correct. I'll tell you what, because because I know we're running we're running short on time. The, the moral of the story, it, what's so sad about this is the pe there will be some folks who can't go to that grocery store anymore because it's closed. There will be some folks who had a job there that are now out of a job that'll say, I wish they hadn't done that. Mm. I, they being the city council, I wish they hadn't, if they would have just left well enough alone, maybe I would have liked to have made $4 more an hour, but at least, at least I had a job. Mm -hmm. I mean, let's, let's be honest with ourselves here. Like, let's say for instance, you were making minimum wage at one of those jobs. If you're, if you're accepting a job at Ralph's making minimum wage, it might be because that was the best job you could get. Right. Like that's something that people never consider and the, the, the bleeding heart types never consider that look, the, the, the dude at the drive through <laughs> at McDonald's who's making seven and a quarter an hour, he's, he's not there because he had a choice between that and CEO of Whole Foods right. and decided, <laughs> I love me some French fries. <laughs> it's, if that was because that was the best job he was offered. Yeah. I mean, most likely, right? Like, I mean. Yes. I get, I get, if you could make 50 cents less an hour, but you get to go at a putt-putt course. I mean, like, there's young people that do dumb things all the time. Right. But by and large, people take the job that pays the most money, especially at the bottom of the economic scale, right? Mm -hmm. If if you if you can only make $8 an hour and somebody else will pay you $9 an hour, that's a big enough percentage jump for you that you're like, heck yeah, man, let's, I'll go make nine. So they're doing the best they can, and instead of instead of them making more, you're just eliminating options altogether. You're eliminating options altogether. Which brings me to the last thing for today. How is the road to hell paved, Sherry? With good intentions. Why a $15 federal minimum wage would be a terrible policy. No amount of good intentions can invalidate basic economics. This is from Jack Elbaum. By the way, I actually shared this article, and wouldn't you know, a guy named Jack Elbaum liked it on Facebook. <laughs> so, 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 Jack, if you're out there, thanks. Uh, two the t this, this is getting back to the real sad reality. The two-thirds of Americans who support a minimum wage hike to $15 per hour now have an ally in the White House. That's the worst part, is that you're putting people out of work so that their minimum wage goes down to zero, but two thirds of people in the country support 
Because they don't know basic economics. Yes. Biden is already acting on the support and trying to include a $15 an hour minimum wage to his COVID-19 relief plan. Um, so we've already talked about the economics of minimum wage. Let's talk a little bit. We'll, we'll, we'll finish here today. Let's talk a little bit about property rights and self-ownership. We'll, we'll bring this full circle back around to kind of the, our, our neck of the political woods. Principles. Let's talk about, <laughs> no, <laughs> because what do I always say? They ain't, they ain't got any. Yeah. They don't have any principles. Yeah. Self-ownership, individualism, and property rights, which are, by the way, for people at the LP, if they're listening, those are kind of important. Those are principles. <laughs> um, yeah, th th those are, that's, that's like libertarianism 101. Yeah. So whether or not there's a pandemic, the thing about principles is, is they, they should really be guiding your decision making. And you don't have to sit here and go, hmm, with your little teapot and you're being held by right. your toes. You, they help to guide your decision making. If you believe in private property rights and you take that to its logical conclusion, then you understand that if, if Joe Bob owns a lawn cutting business and Jim agrees to work for Joe Bob and they agree to $10 an hour, first of all, that's none of your goddamn business. Yes. That's Jim, Bob, and Joe's business. That's it. Nobody else's. Or was it Joe, Bob, and Jim? I get so... These damn rednecks. <laughs> they, they all look the same. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Ah, yeah. oh, okay. So anyway, so first of all, that's not the state's business. That's, that is a, an agreement between those two people. And again, don't cry too many crocodile tears for Jim because Jim might be taking the best job he can get. If, if, if he on his own recognizance, agrees to that arrangement, that might be because that's the best he can do. You don't know, right? right. But you don't, you don't know. Yo. You don't know, Stop. state. You don't know. <laughs> so the point being is, but if it's Joe Bob's business, it belongs to him. He owns the fruits of his labor. That business belongs to him. And he doesn't have to employ anyone, yeah. which by the way, Libertarianism 101 also includes being against anti-discrimination laws, but that's another episode for another day. <laughs> if it's his business, he gets to say who works there and for how much. And if he says, I'm not going to employ you for more than $5 an hour. And you say, you go shove it. I'm not working for that little. And if he then can't, he can't get any employees because no one agrees to work for that little, then the market is telling him. You're going to have to figure out a way to cut your costs yes. or perform more labor yourself, or you're going to have to raise your salaries because no one's going to buy. Right. Vice versa, if the opposite is true and someone agrees to take a job at that price, again, who takes those jobs? The lowest skilled or youngest people are, or lowest educated people are the people most likely to take those jobs, either because they're the best jobs they can get or they can parlay that experience into a raise, into a better job. But when you, when you force Jim Bob to not offer that salary, that position is not available, then they never get their foot in the door. They can't afford anything because their minimum wage is zero. They don't learn any skills. You know, we're, we're, I mean, we're not really, we're not really bright blazing a trail here. I mean, yeah. this is in, in our neck of the woods, this is basic, basic economic common sense. sense. <laughs> it's common economic sense, but it's, but it's also principled sense as well yes. that I don't have a right to tell someone else how to run their business. I don't have a right to tell them who they do and don't have to serve. I don't have a right to, I don't have a right to tell them how much they pay their employees. I don't have a right to tell them how much they offer for their services either. 
I can't turn around and say, well, you're, you're charging too much for that weed eating. You're charging 20 bucks a lawn. I think you should only get to charge 10 bucks a lawn. It's not my business. Unfortunately, as we read in the article there, over two thirds of people support that policy. And it really, and it just, to, in my mind, it just backs up what I say on the show all the time. Those pe- not only do those people, we know that most people don't know anything about economics. Of course, those people don't know anything about economics. But they also don't have any principle. Because if they were principled people, they would know that whether I thought he could afford to pay $15 an hour or whether or not I thought his employees deserved $15 an hour, it's not my place to tell him. Exactly. Well said. I know there's a, re- I know there's a reason why I have you around, Sherry. Yeah. <laughs> We good? We good. All right. Guys, we will be back to wrap up right after. Like our Facebook page. It's facebook.com slash TV. You can follow me on Twitter. It's twitter.com at TV. Subscribe to our YouTube page. It's youtube.com slash TV. Guys, also, by the way, we're now on Odyssey. So if you're someone that's not a big fan of YouTube, you can find us on Odyssey. That's odyssey.com slash TV. Just type Alan Mosley TV into every website you go to and just, just see what happens. Sweet. <laughs> Sweet. Go to euthanasia.com. <laughs> Don't do that, guys. Thank you so much, and we will see you next week. <laughs>